and icons into you, Siri. Um, we are here in this beautiful garden, which is called the Winter Garden, in the heart of Copenhagen, and, and actually in the Carlsberg city. I'm here with Simon Hofmeier. He is uh, well known for being active within sustainability, and, uh, and specifically, I think many of us uh, know about the green bottle, and it's called the green fiber bottle. Uh, it's a bio-based uh, bottle, and for, for some of us who work with packaging design, this is really an interesting new uh, uh, thing for the market. And what a vision and what a mission. And today we are here to talk about this and, uh, and all the things that you do and to hear your personal opinion on all this. So thank you for inviting us and allow us to be in this beautiful room. Uh, I look forward to hear your questions and answers. Well, welcome to Carlsberg. Mm. It, it's, it's something that, that, that reflects a lot, uh, the Casper brands to the Danes. Because mm -hmm. I'm a Dane and you're a Dane and we're here talking to, to the globe. Uh, but but it, the fact is for us Danes, Casper means a lot because it's not just a beer. Mm. Uh, probably the best beer, by the way. Oh, yes. But, um, but it's not just a beer. It's actually also our culture mm -hmm. because Casper is behind many of the cultural institutions and from art to science. And I think this is one of the reasons why Casper is, is, is within our heart uh, mm. uh, here in Denmark. And, and to, to, to sum up, uh, we are not only sitting in this building, but we are now also sitting in what is now called the Carlsberg City, mm -hmm. which is Carlsberg building a whole new city, yeah. which is happening right now. If we hear the sound, it's because of the constructors. Mm around which is going on around so that's all very interesting but maybe you could tell us a little bit about your your together towards zero strategy your vision and uh, and how to make this plan into reality yes of course um, so last year we launched uh, together towards zero which uh, without any doubt uh, is the most ambitious sustainability program uh, we have launched in Carlsberg ever um, for the first time, uh, we look much further into the future. So we have targets towards 2030 and 2022 as well. Um, and, you know, back in the day, we used to look at a three-year time schedule. So along with the normal business cycle, we would say we have an incremental target of 10% reduction over these three years. With Together Towards Zero, we're really taking this to the next level because a realization from our top management was that if we are to make the changes needed for this planet and for us as a business, we need to start those changes today towards 2030 and not just wait and act on three-year time cycles. One thing is for sure, if we do that, we will not achieve what is needed in order to, for example, uh, live up to the Paris Agreement on climate change mm. or make the sustainable development goals come to life um, as a planet. So it's a first. Uh, we are very excited to embark on a journey where we take uh, our level of ambition to the next level. Mm. Um, it's, it's impressive uh, because it, it, this is not just about 
the, the impact on you, your, your brand and your company, but it's also the impact it will uh, have on, on the globe. And, and that mindset is impressive. Yeah. And, uh, and how, can you, how, can you, how can you work with this in a trustworthy way? Uh, uh, many of us is today dealing with, uh, with the issues like share economy and, um, and, and, and how the word sustainability, I mean, how, does, how, how do you make it uh, understandable? So I think if I were to just explain what sustainability is for us in, in Carlsberg in, in a very short sentence, um, I would say that it's about doing something better tomorrow than what you did yesterday. And I think that's also very describing for where we are as a, as a planet. Uh, when you look at some of these major developments that are happening right now, uh, it shows in all uh, graphical detail that some of the things we did in the past weren't good enough. Mm. The Industrial Revolution as a whole has caused a lot of wealth and a lot of prosperity, but it has also caused some issues that we now, as uh, humanity, as a planet, uh, need to uh, tackle head-on in order for us to, uh, to not basically uh, destroy the, the, the planet that we're, uh, that we're inhabiting. And I think uh, for us as a, as a company, uh, I think it's pretty clear that we need to be present in a prosperous, healthy planet in order to keep making a profit, um, but also uh, for us to actually keep being able to create our products. Um, so for us, it makes a lot of sense to, uh, to think sustainability into the way we do business. Uh, and for us, it's an absolutely needed part of, uh, of what a modern uh, business should work with. Mm. In terms of brand building versus impact, which and how do you prioritize? So um, to me, uh, the social impact is a result of what you do. So for example, uh, you mentioned that we have a target of zero carbon emissions mm. uh, at our breweries worldwide by 2030. So the social impact that we have is manifold. So for example, uh, we're eradicating coal as a source of uh, power uh, across our operations. Mm. In 2017, we had uh, 15 of our breweries that still operated using coal as mm. a source of energy. Mm. Um, and we want to eradicate that completely by 2022. Mm. And within one year, we eliminated coal at nine breweries uh, in just one year. Mm. That does uh, two things. First of all, it reduces the carbon emissions significantly of our breweries. And secondly, it improves the uh, amount of, of air pollution that is in the air mm. in the, the markets where we operate. Mm. So by taking a stance on that, we actually have social impact in, in two different manners. By cleaning the air, mm. making the air better, and by reducing the amount of carbon in our atmosphere and thereby uh, avoiding some of the worst uh, negative effects of global climate change. Mm -hmm. So that's the social impact with just one example. But then you asked, so how do we choose between brand impact or social impact? And I would say we, we can't have brand impact using sustainability without the social impact. So it's a hen or the egg discussion. But of course, we start with making a change by doing something good. And then we can talk about it or engage our consumers and customers. But it can never be the other way around. Mm. The, the, um, when, when I heard about the, the bottle, Di di the um, biogradable uh, the green fiber bottle the, yeah there you go the green yeah. fiber bottle um, it's it just was so easy to mm -hmm. see this uh, as an as a symbol as a 
as as a key to to explain the bigger the bigger vision mm -hmm. that you have. Mm -hmm. And uh, and one of the things that I I remember very well from the first day when you presented to uh, to a big audience in I think it was in Malmo actually mm -hmm. some some time ago yeah some years ago actually um, was the fact that the the bottle was made out of the leftover from the brewery. Is that correct? Did I misunderstand something? Yeah, you totally misunderstood it, actually. So I, so, I, I, uh, I was, so, I was so not listening carefully. No, actually, so... But isn't so, there something uh, about the biomass that you, is coming out of the, uh, so, of the brewing? So it's, uh, it's going to be made from wood fibers. Mm -hmm. So that means that we will basically use the fibers that are accessible from uh, responsibly forested uh, mm -hmm. trees. So that means we'll only use trees that are replenished at the same rate as it's being mm -hmm. harvested. And the first version of the bottle yeah. uh, is going to be from wood fibers. Okay. And it's going to be fully bio-based. Okay. But you got one thing right, uh, and that is uh, <laughs> that uh, as a future development, mm. we will look at any type of fibers yeah. uh, to create this bottle with. Today, with the current technology, it's not possible for us to create it uh, with anything but wood fibers. Mm -hmm. But in the future, who knows? Yeah. Uh, so uh, basically, it leaves us a lot of room for innovation. Mm. And by continuously developing the, the green fiber bottle from, from what it is uh, now, mm. and it might take a completely different uh, approach in, in the future. So, uh, so it will start out by being made from wood fibers. So it was, it was my um, fantasy that ran off. Well, but, a little but, bit. But in my <laughs> mind, my fantasy world, what I saw was uh, the day when you were, you brew the beer, uh, the leftover from the, uh, the brewing the beer, you, you create the bottle. Mm -hmm. uh, when you uh, when you buy the beer, you drink the beer, and then you eat the bottle. Yeah. So that would could, that be uh, possible? Uh, perhaps in the future, yes, for mm. sure. Edible packaging is something yeah. that I think will uh, become more and more relevant in the future. Mm. Um, I think always you have to ask yourself, so why would that be interesting? So mm. is it because people are interested in needing a bottle or is it just because we can do it, right? Mm. So I think that with any sustainable innovation, you have to ask mm. yourself, which issue is it that you're trying to solve mm. and then focus on that rather than doing something just because that it might be uh, interesting or sexy. Mm. Uh, yeah. And with the green fiber bottle, it's very clear. Uh, mm. We did a, a global survey where we were looking at which sustainability topics are upcoming. Mm. And we saw uh, key opinion leaders talking a lot about bio-based materials, yeah. about uh, which role we as a company could play in that sphere. Mm. And we didn't really have a reply to that. Yes, mm. we use cardboard, mm. which comes from wood fibers, mm. but that was not the point. The point was to make a, a type of packaging that was made from bio-based materials. Mm. And that was what really drove us on that route. So it was basically input from the outside world. Mm. And that was really what spurned the innovation mm. of us going out to the world saying, we would like to create a bio-based bottle. Mm. We don't know how, but we need your input. We need your help in order to do it. Mm. Um, and now we're sitting uh, here in 2018, uh, three years down the line. We said it would take three years, which it has. Uh, so we will uh, launch uh, a pilot of the green fiber bottle in the mm. market uh, this year. Yeah. Uh, so in we're actually uh, we're actually making it mm. uh, come alive. Yeah, in a new design mm. uh, for uh, for the specific uh, traits uh, of the brand that we'll put into it. So mm. yeah, it's it's really exciting. So this is why the right here there is no beer bottle. Yeah. At the moment, because we talked about that, we should should it be possible to show? But it is it's in the process. Another in innovation is being done by you guys, and 
and naturally it should be here before it's done and ready mm. and on the market. But it's very interesting that it's it's, it's something that you remember so well. Yeah. Uh, and and it for me it has been very much indeed uh, one of the reasons why that that we listen to all the other things also mm -hmm. in relationship to it. So so for 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 me the bottle, uh, the green bottle has become a a, a key. Uh, to the heart of many of us, and then to the mind, and and, and that's a really nice road to follow. So yeah, and, and I, I think it's very important to remember that we are a company that is built on brands, mm. uh, and we are a very concrete company. So we're not a business-to-business -business company. Mm. We're a business-to-consumer. Mm. People hold our products in their hands very often because yeah. we produce a lot of beers, yeah. and. By taking sustainable innovations to the consumers, mm. we can make them understand mm. that by actually buying something that is more sustainable than something else, you can also play a role in making a difference, mm. even on your beer. Uh, and by doing that, we're hoping to also inspire other brands and others to think sustainability into the consumer-oriented uh, angle and, and not just in, in the back office, uh, mm. reducing carbon, uh, reducing water, which is also very important. Mm. But you also need to take it to the consumers in order to really take it to the next level. But wasn't it Casper who in, back then uh, started uh, the invention of uh, the recyclable bottle system actually here in Denmark? Uh, so yes, because we were by far the biggest, the biggest, uh, the yeah. biggest brewer. So you need um, to bag your bottles. Yes, yes. Uh, so the refillable bottle yeah. uh, that has been used for, for many years in the brewing industry is also a very uh, efficient, very uh, resource effective uh, yeah. packaging. Um, and by no means the refillable bottle should uh, disappear because no, it shouldn't. Mm. It's a great product. It's yeah. already very sustainable by mm. being very low uh, carbon intensive. Yeah. But uh, there is room on the market for additional sustainable packaging, for mm. sure. Mm. Uh, so uh, that shouldn't uh, mean that, that uh, we should stop innovating just because we have something that is good already. No. Then um, another interesting topic is that the, our, uh, the customers uh, are increasingly demanding a healthier and uh, even a non-alcoholic uh, culture. Mm -hmm. And here we are at Carlsberg, which is very much about alcohol for most of us. Mm -hmm because we talk about beer. And how, how do you see this? Is it a challenge? So uh, in terms of the alcohol-free products, uh, I think it's safe to say that this is a huge business opportunity. Mm. When you think back uh, 10, 15 years, uh, in a lot of companies, you could still get a nice cold beer for lunch when you were at work. Yeah? Mm. Um, that has uh, disappeared. Mm. It's uh, not there anymore due to uh, alcohol policies internally at, uh, at the companies and also because that in often it shouldn't be there because people are operating heavy machinery or what have you. So a huge business opportunity for us is to get alcohol-free beer back on the lunch table. Mm. Just imagine if we could get all of those nice cold beers back on the lunch table but without the alcohol. So for me, uh, looking at the health trend as something daunting is the absolute wrong way to look at it. Mm. Look at it as a huge business opportunity. Mm. I think a lot of people, a lot of adults, would love to have the taste uh, of beer, the smell of beer, but without the alcohol for lunch, mm. rather than drinking a soda or something else. And you believe it's possible without the alcohol to get the taste? Because that has been an issue. I it's know, not only uh, been zero percent. I know it's possible. Yeah. And I think I would challenge anyone who mm. uh, hasn't tried uh, an mm. alcohol-free beer mm. to go and taste it, uh, because 
there has happened so much on the innovation on alcohol-free beers. And personally, my favorite is a French one, 1664 Blanc. So mm. it's a wheat beer yeah. uh, and it's so nice and refreshing uh, mm. and it doesn't have uh, the, the, the negative connotations of alcohol. So uh, it's really a nice product. Mm. Interesting. Um, <coughs> and, I, and, and I guess there's also some new markets uh, will, which, which will open up in the, in, in the part of the world where alcohol is banned or not yeah, really a part sure. of a religion. Or, you know. For sure. So, so uh, that's definitely part of, mm. uh, of, the, of the selling proposition of mm. uh, putting a lot of effort into making mm. really, really nice brews that are alcohol-free. Mm. Uh, then uh, I think we already talked a little bit about sustainability and how, how do you uh, demystify uh, sustainability as a term uh, and a concept for the customers? Can so you evaluate uh, I think for uh, one thing is the customers, but we have a lot of other stakeholders. So basically mm. we, we say we have journalists, we have media, we have key mm. opinion leaders, we have NGOs, we have consumers and we have customers. So mm. they might be the most important group of stakeholders for us. Mm. And you could say with together towards zero, we're trying to demystify what sustainability really means mm. to us. Because I think uh, sustainability can mean a lot of different things to yeah. different people. Yeah. Um, and what we did was we, we went out and did a materiality assessment, which is mm. basically asking the outside world and the inside business, which topics are most important to you or which topics do you think should be more important to us mm. when you look at sustainability. Mm. And with that, we came out with uh, four areas that were really important and already here we're making a lot of choices so we're choosing something uh, to, to not focus on that and then we're cho choosing to focus on these four and that is uh, around creating a zero carbon footprint mm. zero water waste zero irresponsible drinking and a zero extent culture yeah. so these four zeros that's mm. our choice mm. when you look at it so global climate change mm. is affecting all of us and it will affect us much much more in the future unless we take action so for us, as a beer producer, where all of our ingredients are natural, well, if climate change happens, we can't get access to our raw ingredients. We can't get access to hops, we can't get access to uh, malt, and we can't get access to mm. water. So if we can't get that, we can't produce beer. Therefore, climate change is of key importance for us to fight. Mm. And we're doing that by setting absolutely industry-leading targets. Uh, and, and when you look at the Paris Agreement, what we have decided to do is to say, you know, even though the Paris Agreement is an agreement between governments, we are calculating what our role should be in achieving that, and then we're actually taking it even further. So we are one of the few companies in the world who are living up to the more ambitious targets mm. uh, in the Paris Agreement of limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees mm. rather than the two. So that's number one, so that's on climate change. When it comes to, to water, I think it goes without saying. Without water, no beer. Um, and for sure, we as a company has a huge role uh, to reduce the amount of water used mm. in our uh, breweries, but also to protect water outside of the breweries in the wider community. Mm. When you look at a country like India, it saw the worst drought in 50 years uh, in 2015. Yeah. Um, and that is something that is, of course, impacting our ability to grow in the future. Mm. So water is naturally also a huge topic for us. Yeah. Number three is the whole point around responsible drinking, about providing alcohol-free products to the consumers, ensuring that they have knowledge around the nutrition and content of their uh, products, uh, and really also looking into how can we create new categories that are living up 
to the, the demands of the millennials, of the new consumer groups out there in the world. And number four, it's very basic, but we cannot operate a company with happy employees if they get hurt when they go to work. Mm. So we have to do everything in our power to prevent our employees from being hurt when they go to work. And that's why we're aiming for a zero accidents culture. Mm. So you asked me about how we demystify sustainability. Mm. I think it's about being clear about what it means to you and then making it accessible to those who want to listen. And that can mean many different things. If I'm talking to a specialized NGO on climate, we go into the greenhouse gas protocol and discuss scope one, two, and three emissions. If I'm speaking to the consumers, it might be we have a green fiber bottle, it's bio-based. Mm. So it varies a lot from the uh, group of people that I'm speaking to. And that's also what makes my job amazingly interesting because it requires uh, the ability to create projects and talk to people in a way that they find interesting and that is also making an impact. Mm. Um, so that was a very long answer to a quite short question. No, it's fine. I, I just keep taking and, you know, because you're answering many of the questions we have here, which is fantastic and perfect. And then uh, what I would like to know is, um, is there a Carlsberg innovation and design process? Yes, like that? Uh, for sure there is. Uh, so as many other big company, uh, companies, uh, we have a stage gate process where we start out by identifying potential innovations and then as they mature, they move through the stage gate process. Mm. And as such, uh, I think that's pretty standard. But for us, what is really interesting is which role is sustainability playing in this innovation process? Uh, and we have a rule that uh, if you make a, an innovation, uh, you have to assess it according to life cycle assessment methodology or cradle to cradle methodology. Mm. So that really puts a requirement to anything that we invent to assess what is the impact and is it better than what we had yesterday. Mm. And that is a requirement that we need specific approval if something is not better from a sustainability perspective than the version we had yesterday. So that is really also playing a role in changing the paradigm of how we look at innovation in the future. So preferably, all innovations should be sustainable. And that means being better yesterday, uh, tomorrow than yesterday. Mm -hmm. Then to another uh, area, which is about the social media. Simon, social media has become a crucial platform uh, for the spread and adoption of innovation. How is the digital world shaping the future of innovation for you? So I think uh, for us, it has a lot of impact uh, that I'm not going to be able to uh, touch upon today. But some of the key things are that social media as a movement, as a channel, is of course changing the way we interact with our consumers very significantly. So for example, if we bring a product to the market, uh, then we will have instant feedback on what the consumers think about this. And uh, this year, we are launching uh, the Green Fiber Bottle, uh, but we're also coming out with other really exciting innovations. And uh, to be honest, uh, the first place that I'm going to be looking is at the uh, Facebook commentary mm. uh, from, uh, from consumers on mm. what they think about uh, these innovations. Mm. Because we know that uh, it's very direct, mm. sometimes also uh, perhaps too direct, but you will actually get a very nice feeling for how you're doing if, if you look into uh, some of, uh, of this chatter that uh, is happening on social media. Mm. Um, but for me as such, uh, the important thing is that, that we enable ourselves to 
tap into the innovation that is out there, the ingenuity, the bright young people with great ideas, and that we allow ourselves to tap into that. Uh, an initiative that we have just launched is uh, called the Young Scientist Community. It basically means that we're hiring uh, young uh, postdocs uh, to screen solutions for the future. So not just for 2022, but actually looking at solutions that can help us towards uh, 2030 as well. And my expectation is that uh, by hiring someone who is young, uh, we will also enable um, a different approach to finding these innovations and screening the good ideas. Mm. And I think social media and digital interaction will be absolutely key to, uh, to them being able to, to find the right solutions and, and being a success in what they do. So I had great hopes, mm. but I also think that there's a lot of other things that, uh, that I don't know about that will happen in the coming years when it comes to social media and digital uh, interaction. Yeah, and I guess the social media allows us to, to see the individual's point of view. Mm -hmm. uh, and because here, you, you as a big brand, you make the big difference and the big change. We all understand that. But you as an individual, what role can you play? And the social media helps us to, to, to get in contact with the individual. Um, we all know we need to change, but uh, how practical is it to integrate sustainability and sustainable innovation into a global operation? Uh, what challenges have you faced on that? So I think, uh, as with anything, uh, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And I think uh, the journey and the ability to continuously develop is very, very important. Um, and for us internally, uh, I think it's also uh, something that we set out to do from the beginning is to show uh, concrete action fast. Mm. Because if we launch together towards zero with uh, long-term targets to 2030 and 2022, but didn't show actual benefits for the business or for our consumers fast, then people might say, well, it's a nice uh, branding exercise, but mm. show me the money. Yeah. Um, so, of course, we were very happy uh, that we already uh, accomplished a lot. Uh, mm. We launched the first uh, CO2-neutral uh, brewery in Sweden. Mm. So it's running only on biogas and green electricity. Yeah. Um, we closed nine coal-fired uh, coal power plants uh, mm. at our breweries, and we are now running on 46% green electricity worldwide already. Mm. So showing swift action, making it concrete, mm. and continuing to communicate and engage employees and the outside world is absolutely key to making it happen. Yeah. Because otherwise, some of these challenges might appear, well, which we meet every day, so uh, we have two investment decisions. Uh, should we do this, which might be a little bit a longer term view, or should we do this, which is more short term? Well, we have to look at that every single day on uh, decisions we make. Um, and again, as I said, uh, that makes uh, part of my job uh, really interesting mm. because I engage with my colleagues uh, day in and day out about how can we do things better. Mm. So. That's really key, is to just continue assessing, continue improving. Uh, and that's, that's what we're doing. But with Together Towards Zero, we do have the, the vision out there. We mm. have the concrete targets. And that makes it a lot easier to then make the right decisions. And, and for, for us, as uh, coming from the outside, looking at what you do, is uh, it's, it's, it's quite clear that, that there's something happening constantly coming out of you. So it's not just talk. Mm -hmm. It's actually action also, and you have the proof uh, in many different types of cases. So, so that's a, that's a, that you get the feeling that, um, that you are trustworthy as a brand. It's not just talk 
for oh, the brand I'm, value. I'm, I'm happy you say that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's also the reason why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we like that. <laughs> but um, if all goals, um, if all goes as planned, uh, now I'm talking about you, where do you see yourself, what do you see yourself doing uh, personally or professionally in the year 2030? Uh, well, personally, um, I really hope that I'll be able uh, to tell my son in 2030, where he'll be uh, 14 years old, mm. um, that we're going to make it as a planet. Mm. Because 2030 is an important year for, uh, for two reasons. First of all, it's the uh, target year of the Sustainable Development Goals. Mm. So in 2030, we will see whether we are achieving the targets set out by the UN. Mm. And secondly, it will give us the first and most important milestone on whether we are achieving the Paris Agreement on climate change. Mm. And that's important. It's very important because if we're not on the right trajectory by 2030, um, then part of Denmark will likely disappear and be underwater. Mm. Uh, and life as we know not it... talking about Holland. <laughs> no, <laughs> but life as we know it uh, might change a lot. Mm. Um, so personally, I hope that I'm 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 going to be able to uh, to uh, to have a conversation with my son about the fact mm. that we're going to make it. Yeah. Professionally, uh, of course, uh, I expect to uh, to see uh, to go towards zero, fully towards the end, mm. and seeing us having achieved uh, all of the targets and the things we set out um, in together towards zero, uh, in order to to ensure that uh, we are not contributing to global warming anymore and that we are changing our business to a sustainable, trustworthy business. Mm. I think you, you, you answer all our questions um, and, and I'm sure tomorrow there's many more questions popping up, but uh, it's been a pleasure uh, to be able to sit here in this beautiful garden and be with you and listening to you. I have done that already on several occasions and every time it's just very, very interesting. And I'm looking so much forward to follow the success road uh, that you are driving on because it really is from us who are looking at Carlsberg from the outside. Uh, it's impressive what you're doing. And you, it's not just something new. It's, it's, it, you got the feeling that it's within the DNA of Carlsberg to, to make things better. And not only for the brain, but actually for the people around us. So, um, Simon, thank you for your time. I will give you my hand and shake and say thank you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.